Welcome to Jets Rewind. Uh, my name is Marty Shupak. Um, I'm in our studios in Valley Cottage, New York, and I'm joined by Ray Clifford in Marysville, Ohio. It is now um, 8.02 p.m. on Sunday, about an hour after the New York Jets got their first victory, a 23-20 squeaker over the L.A. Rams. Ray, how you doing? Good. Um, kind of a fun <laughs> – this year is just – weird from beginning to end and Ray you know you say that and I'll be honest with you I don't know how to feel after that game I mean I don't know (laughs) if I should be happy if I should be disappointed and you gotta hand it to the Jets this is their second trip out to the west coast like within like seven or eight days um they were um who were they down as far as players I'm just trying to think were they down anyone um, I don't think any of the major ones. I mean, just the yeah. usuals. All right, so they had a full squad, and, and I'm not even uh, talking about the uh, injuries like during the game. Wasn't there a defensive – oh, Fadakasi wasn't playing. Fadakasi didn't play, yeah. That's the one I was thinking of. But uh, Yeah, so – and we'll get into his replacement, Nathan Shepard, who – Shepard, yeah, had a good surprised. game. But um, – you know, Ray, it's amazing. You watch this game, and I thought there were so many times in the second half where the um, the Jets were saying to the Rams, take it. We don't want this game. It's okay. Take it. <laughs> and the Rams just could not capitalize. It's like when they scored a touchdown once and they had a big game, there was an offensive holding call on them, which brought the play back, and the Jets kind of lucked out. But all in all, you got to give uh, the coaching staff credit. The new defensive coordinator, uh, I guess his name is Frank Bush. And did I get that right? Yeah. Got to give him a little bit of credit too. Uh, we'll get into some in- individual players. Um, just right off the bat, Sam had a pretty good game. Not great. He made some uh, good plays. The biggest play was hitting Frank Gore and in, in the fourth quarter, right before the two-minute warning for the first down which uh, wrapped it up. Uh, Blessed Austin is a bum. He is the new Pierre Desiree. I don't care what anyone says. He'll make one or two good tackles a game, but the guy is a complete bum in my book. Ray, give me your assessment of the game, of what you saw. Uh, Well, what I saw for the most part was uh, a a great effort. Um, They played – uh, they played a, a solid game on both sides of the ball for the most part. They didn't, uh, they weren't perfect. They got burned at times. They got beat, but they didn't. <clears throat> it seemed like they always uh, made things difficult for the Rams. They didn't let the Rams just walk through them, you know, at will. Even when they started, it looked like the Rams were taking control. They still uh, uh, played tough. Uh, made some big plays at times, and yeah, we got you got lucky with some calls, and and I thought the Rams made some uh, odd calls down there towards the end, that uh, or, or at least a couple that that just kind of surprised me a little bit that they didn't uh, they didn't do it a little differently. But um, overall, I I thought we played you know obviously a, a really solid game, and and uh, I thought Sam played well. Um, <clears throat> I question 
Adam Gase's play calling at times again, especially at the end of the first half. But um, but it all worked out. And I, I'm like you. I mean, I'm glad we're not going to be 0-16. Um, I was, you know, watching the players celebrate on the field at the end was nice. You know, it was I was happy for them. But I'm going to be one of it's going to be one of those things that for the next uh, at least next few years and possibly the next 10 to 15 years we're going to be watching Trevor Lawrence closely. And uh, I think for younger Jet fans, this may or may not be what Dan Marino is to us. <laughs> we might be they might be watching him going. He should be wearing our our uniform. But what well, I live like I'd love. I'd love like a Zach Wilson or um, <clears throat> Justin Fields to become like the, the next uh, Pat Mahomes and somehow land on our laps. Yeah. But it just seems, Ray, it's like we, you know, nothing goes our way completely. It's pretty obvious now that the Jacksonville Jaguars, they're not going to win a game. They, they just won't. They got blown out. They play Chicago next week. I thought they had a chance against them, but. All right, but they got, they got blown out by who? Uh... Baltimore. Baltimore, who's who's playing pretty well again with Lamar Jackson. And we just got blown out by Seattle and came back and beat the Rams. So Right. Yeah. I wish Minnesota had beaten Chicago. That would have yeah. possibly I, helped, but that doesn't mean I don't I, I just don't see the Jaguars losing. I'm not expecting them to, but that, to say that there's no way they will. I, well we they would have said that about us until about four hours ago. Yeah, just quickly, let me just go through this. The first quarter, uh, it's obvious that uh, Adam Gase and uh, Darrell Logan's defensive coordinator, they, they saw something in the um, defense of the Rams because in the first quarter and part of the second quarter, they were throwing these little passes to uh, Ty Johnson's out in the flat, which worked terrifically and and. They did a great job doing that. Sam did a good job, too, leading him. And um, we ended up, actually, uh, we scored a touchdown just that way to Ty Johnson. We ended up at the end of the first quarter. We were ahead 7 nothing. A couple of things I just want to uh, point out. When, um, when the Rams got the ball, and by the way, I had said uh, last week, it never seems like we kick off in the first half, and we finally did. On a third down, I thought Frankie Luvo made a great play um, on a passing completion, like just putting pressure on. And I thought Frankie Luvo had another good game. Mm-hmm. And he, he had a good rookie year. Last year, he, he, I didn't think he played that good. The last three or four weeks, Ray, he, I think he's been very, very active. So I, I hopefully there's a spot for him next year. We had a third and five, and there was a pass to Ty Johnson. It was a good play. There was a third and four. We kept making our third down plays, and Gore ran for four uh, four yards. Um, Darnold had a nice uh, uh, nine-yard run. Then there was a third and one, <clears throat> and there was a pass, another pass to Ty Johnson on a rollout. And, and finally, uh, on another third down, we were great on third down. Sam hit uh, Ty Johnson, and he went in for a touchdown. Ray, your thoughts on that uh, first quarter? Well, the first quarter was outstanding. We uh, <clears throat> Not only did they play well on offense, they played you know, really well on defense. They were all over uh, golf, and they didn't let the running game get going. Um, 
and so uh, the first quarter was great. The only thing I didn't like was uh, after that first drive, we started settling for field goals again. Um, but um, all in all, I thought we dominated all but the last uh, minute of the first half. And uh, that last minute that we didn't, I blame on Gase more than anything. We're going to jump right right to that. Um, and I just want to <clears throat> quickly in the second quarter, uh, I think it was like the second play, we, the, uh, we blocked the punt by a guy named Russell I never heard of before, which was a wonderful play. And, and on a third and four, I remember um, Braxton dropped a pass. It should have, he should have caught it for a touchdown. It was a tough catch. It would have been a tough catch, but I thought he could have had it too. Right. We, we, made, a, we made a field goal. And um, when they got the ball, uh, Nathan Shepard had one of the nicest sacks in the game. And I just don't want, I don't want to forget because um, Queen of Williams was unbelievable today. Yeah. Until he went out with an injury, he was just uh, phenomenal. And uh, he had a sack in the first quarter. And the guy is just getting better and better every week, Ray. I mean, yeah. he, what more could you ask for this guy? He's just becoming a tremendous player. He, he's everything we'd hoped he'd be. And, and <clears throat> apparently it's uh, he, he's crediting the fact that he – he was a little overweight last year, heavier than he than he's used to, and he and he got back down to what he thought, which was only about ten pounds. But that ten pounds apparently is, uh, you know, what he told the the broadcast team was he he has energy all game long. Where last last year he felt like he was getting tired by the fourth quarter. So clearly that you know if that's what it is, you know, hopefully he just does that the rest of his career because he's just a difference maker that we hoped we had last year and and we do um I didn't hear any update on it on the injury did you hear any more I heard it's something about a head injury I was prepared to go on the air so I I didn't see the post-game show and I know they always ask Adam Gase about it so we'll find out tomorrow if it is something with the head he might go into like concussion protocol I'll be honest with you, Ray. At this point in the season, I, I don't mind if he sits the last two games out. I really, I don't, don't want him. You know, if it's a concussion thing, I don't want him messing with it. Um, yeah. yeah, those, especially for defensive linemen, because they're they're banging heads all the time. So, right, that, that could really be a problem. And if it's if it's a minor concussion, yeah, I wouldn't care if he if he sat out. We got we got to win. You know, two wins or three wins. You know, you know, I don't see us winning out, but. It, if we ended up with three wins, you know, great, but it wouldn't really change anything. So why risk a guy's, you know, right. career? Yep, I, I agree. And look, if Shepard could play, and yep. Adekoski could play next week, I, I would just sit him if it's any question. But again, that was a preliminary. I don't, it could be an ankle, it could be, an, I don't know. I mean, he walked off, he looked fine. And I had heard of something with the head. After Barrios, uh, uh, didn't make the, the catch. Uh, we got a field goal. And uh, after that, when they got the ball, Nathan Shepard had a, that incredible sack. And then one of your favorite things happened, right? It was third and 16. <laughs> they, they completed like a 15-yard pass. So it was fourth and one. I don't remember. I think they were on, what, their own 30-yard line? 35? 
Maybe. Yeah. They were on their side of the 50, right? They weren't in our territory. It was fourth and one, and I think everyone knew that they were going to try to draw off the Jets offsides, and of course they did, and Nathan Shepard, after he made a great play. No, it wasn't. It was uh, – Oh, was it? Who was it? Oh, it was it? Who's our guy on the end there that we got off, off the Rams? Oh, 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 I know who you mean uh, with the three <laughs> names. Yeah, 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 I know who you mean, yeah. It was you're right. But – it's like, that, yeah, say. That, how does that work? You know what they're doing. And if they aren't, okay, you know, they might beat you for that play and get a first down, but it's, it's not like it was in the game. I, and and they, the announcer even said, uh, uh, Sean McVeigh or – John uh, Franklin Myers. John Franklin Myers. Thank yeah. God for the internet. was walking over to the ref to call timeout when he jumped. <laughs> I know. Oh. Was, you yeah. can't make it up. <laughs> and I, again, I blame that on coaching, but we always have to. Uh, but, Ray, on the very next play, Bryce Hall made one of the nicest athletic plays you ever want to see. This interception I've seen in a while. It was it was just an amazing. It was kind of like a Bill Russell block in midair. It was just unbelievable the way he pulled it down. Weird thing. It was just like you. It wasn't even. It wasn't. Even, he just stuck his hand like straight out and corralled. It was just, it, and it looked so. He made it look so easy. It wasn't like he looked like he was struggling or anything. And then he made a nice uh, return after with it. You know, he he broke. He made a couple moves and broke it straight up the middle, and he. I think he got down inside the 20, didn't he? Um, I'm not sure where yeah. the he got to. But I, I think he did. It was pretty close. But typically, the uh, and they had a couple of plays. Um, we, we They had a face mask, and Barrios went around the end for seven yards. We lost two yards on a run, and then it's passing completion. We just can't, we can't get it in there. And, Ray, I just want to say something. Twice today, one of my favorite plays – Denzel Mims, seeing him run in the end zone, I don't know if he had ankle weights on or what. He just looked like he wasn't running hard. I don't know if he, if he was a, a diversion or whatever, Ray. I don't know what it is. And there was a play in the fourth quarter, the same thing. And actually, he was open and Sam missed him. So yeah. I, I got to keep my eye on him. He caught three passes um, today for only um, – Oh, I think it was just for like 18 yards. So he was not that active today. Actually, Ray, you know who I thought had a great game and I thought Sam made his best passes to? Herndon? Yeah, Chris yeah. Herndon. Herndon had a good game. Herndon yeah. had a good game. He's showing me some stuff that I've, I was real frustrated with him in the first half of the year, but here over the last few games, he's, I mean, not every game, like he has a good game, then he tends to disappear again, but He's had a few good games here in the second half. You look at that guy's stature, Ray. He looks the part of an athletic Yeah, I mean, if, if he just gets kind of back to where he was that rookie year, it'd, it'd be outstanding. Uh, yeah, I, again, I thought he played well catching. After his, first, his catch in the first quarter, I think I texted to you, Herndon got his one catch of the game. <laughs> but he ended up doing well, and I thought <laughs> – go ahead. No, I said he did. He did do well. Yeah. He, he blocked pretty well, too. Yeah. And I thought Sam threw the ball well to him. Um, 
we were ahead 13-0. We ended up getting a field goal. And, right, I'm going to turn it over to you to go into, like, towards the end of the first half because I got a couple of calls and texts from people that follow Jets Rewind. And one in particular was Rob August, who's a big fan of the show, saying to me, Marty, what are the, the Jets and Gase doing? It's like the Rams already ready to pack it in, go in the locker room, and he won't let them. So just describe what happened with those plays that were driving us crazy. Well, I mean, if, if we were more of an offensive threat and we weren't trying to win our first game of the year, you know, there was time to try something. But the reality is the Rams were already done. They weren't even calling a timeout to stop the clock. All we had to do was let the clock run out and walk into the walk into the locker room with a 13-0 lead. We, it's not like we were out around midfield. We were down inside the 20. And he – first he uh, – I believe on the first play they try to run and and instead of letting the clock run and maybe snapping it with a second or two left on the on the clock they there was at least 18 seconds left on the play clock and then Sam got hit while he's throwing the ball which almost got picked that's one of the reasons I was kind of pissed about it was that I thought that was too chancy because had he picked it even if he didn't run it back had he picked it off I think he would have been at the 35 yard line with over a minute, like a minute and 15 still left for a minute. Wasn't that tipped at the line of scrimmage? He Sam got hit. It didn't get tipped, but he got hit as he was throwing. <clears throat> so then on the next play when we did run it, they called timeout. We gave them the ball back. Um, man got off a pretty good punt, but still they had the ball back with all three timeouts at about their 30-some yard line, I think it was, 35 to 40-yard line, I think, is where they got it. <clears throat> so they were able to take the time and drive back down the field. Uh, at one point, I thought they were going to have a shot at a, at a touchdown, but luckily we held firm. I think they got a penalty in there, too. You know, either we got a sack or they got a penalty, whatever it was. And we held firm and held them to a field goal. But even that, made it gave the Rams a little bit of life they didn't need to have. We were we could have gone into the locker room up 13 nothing and be getting the kickoff to start the second half. And just like the first half as it turns out, the first drive of the second half was much the same. We went right down the field very efficiently. My problem was if we'd have been out around midfield, I could see going for it. Where we were on the field, he and and what our season's been like Gase should have been happy with a 13-0 lead and walk into the locker room. True. And uh, as you said, uh, we got the kickoff in the um, in the third quarter. And uh, just like the first first quarter, we went right down the field. I, I think it was something like a, I don't know, a seven-and-a-half-minute drive. I mean, Sam was great on, mm -hmm. on third down. He threw a nice pass to Mims for 10 yards. He threw a 21 pass to Perriman, the great play. He threw an 18 yard pass to Herndon. Uh, There's a short pass to um, uh, Barrios, I remember. Which, by the way, Barrios made up for his, I won't say made up for it, he didn't score, but 
that tough catch that he missed, that was a heck of a catch right there uh, down by the goal line. He, he didn't score, but that was a nice, that was a nice catch on his part. Right. Yeah. And, uh, and then uh, Frank Gore took it in for a touchdown and they showed it how um, our rookie Mackay Becton blocked out. It was a combination of a block and kind of a screen on Aaron Donald. And it was a very, very good play. It was, it wasn't as great as they would have making out to be. It was a very good play, though. So, uh, Ray, there you go. We opened it up, and um, we were ahead like uh, 20 to 3, I guess. Mm-hmm. But, but um, you and I both knew the game wasn't over, right? Oh, heck no. Yeah. And, <laughs> we're the Jets, and they're a much better team than that anyway. So, <laughs> Right. And um, they came right back. excuse me, and uh, they went in to score. They got a touchdown. It was a a pass um, right over uh, Bless Austin, who I can't stand now at all. He's just showing me nothing. So they came back with a touchdown. We ended up coming back, and we scored a field goal. And I guess, never thought I'd say this, but thank God Sam Fickens is back. Uh, rather than the last guy we had. Uh, but anyway, it was at the end of three quarters, it was 23 to seven. And still it was, I wasn't that secure, Ray. Uh, I don't know how you felt. And my emotions were mixed. And for, for a couple of reasons, I don't want my team going winless. But then, you know, I was watching uh, Trevor Lawrence Saturday night. Man, that guy looked great to me. So how did you feel emotionally? Like, which way were you going at this point? I think it's the same as I've been feeling for uh, for a while now. I mean, I think it's the same as I felt when I thought we were going to beat the Patriots and then against the Oakland game right down to the last play. And, and I thought the same thing. But um, of all the games that I thought we'd win, this wasn't one of them. <laughs> so, yeah, I have mixed – same thing. I mean, I'm glad we're not 0-16, you know, but but I'm just hoping we don't end up regretting winning this game for 15 years while we watch. I mean, if, if Jacksonville's in the playoffs, maybe not next year. They probably still got some growing to do, too, not just Lawrence. He's a, I don't see him making them that good. But, but if, you know, two, three years down the line, we're watching them in the playoffs and we're still struggling, you know, that's going to be a tough pill to swallow. Um, then again, two, three years down the line, maybe he doesn't pan out and we're going, well, you know, I, I don't think we'll even give it another thought. So right now it's tough, but it's it's up in the air. And, and you know, now, uh, now we find out if Joe Douglas is a really good GM. <laughs> that's well, really what's going to happen. Ray, you've been telling me all year, as good as Trevor Lawrence is, there's no guarantee. Nobody knows for there's sure. There's no guarantee. So, you know, I there, – There's not a more up-in-the-air position in the in the league than, than the quarterback because there are guys who develop late. There are guys who step right in and who are great right off the bat. And there are guys who have every bit of the look of the – of the, you know, the blue chip stud and, and they don't do a darn thing uh, from the time they get in there to then. And Ryan Leaf is just one of the names on that. There's, that list isn't really that short. It's, it's, there's quite a few of them that have never, have never really 
panned out even close to what was expected. If you remember a couple of weeks ago, Ralph had that list. We we were going through it. And as far as college quarterbacks with all the hype, um, Trevor Lawrence has gotten all this hype since he started going to Clemson. And everybody knows about Peyton Manning. Do you know of any other quarterback that was hyped this much coming out of college in your lifetime following college football? I mean, we all know about Dan Marino, but he wasn't a first pick. So I'm just wondering, is there any other quarterback that we saw that was being hyped this much coming out of college? Well, I mean, I don't know about hyped quite this much. I mean, I'm sure there is if I went back through them all. Um, Guys that come to mind besides Ryan Leaf are guys like Jeff George, um, Jamarcus Russell. Um, uh, I'm trying to think. Heath Schuler was was highly touted coming out of Tennessee for the Redskins. Um, you know, there are a lot. I mean, I, I'm 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 probably showing how big of a sore loser I am, but you know, sometimes. It's, it might be better not to get the best thing or the best conceived thing out there because sometimes things work out. Now, since 1969, nothing has worked out for us. No. And but... like I used to always tell my oldest son, Jeffrey, who's a huge Red Sox fan, and he had to live in the same house with me, a big Yankee fan. I always <laughs> told him things will eventually even out. And after 2004, they did. Yeah. And we're all hoping, Ray, that it does it with the Jets, too. Well, this is why I say Joe Douglas could be the key to that. And, and you know what? Um, and, and this could be a discussion for another show, but the reality is maybe the best thing to do isn't to take a quarterback with that second pick and then maybe not to trade it either. Uh, maybe the best thing to do would be to draft the best lineman in the draft because there's a couple of them that are studs that could easily qualify to go in that second pick and really – as I got watching this, I like Elfline a lot. And I think him and him and uh, uh, Becton make a really good tandem on the, on the left side. There, there's a couple guys, one of them being Wyatt Davis out of Ohio State, a tackle out of Oregon, which I don't know if he's a left or right tackle. Penny, I think he's a right tackle. And just, just, I just oh, want to throw my two cents. Eflin is a much better run blocker than pass blocker. But I, I, okay, but that, well. you can say that about a lot of them. Yeah. You know. Or one or the other. On the other side, Josh Andrews, the right guard, is pathetic. Right. Well, Wyatt Davis would step in. And we could even move uh, Elfline to the other side maybe or keep Elfline there and put Davis on that side. Or if that Oregon guy's a right tackle, if we had two bookends and yeah. Elfline, then you've got three out of the five spots set. And if you get one in free agency, you got four out of the five spots set. Joe so maybe the best thing is who's the best quarterback coming out next year? Well, yeah, that's, maybe that's where you start looking. Well, look, let, let's see. I mean, Sam Darnold hasn't turned in his jet uh, jersey yet, so that's always he a possibility. We'll, we'll show, again, he shows he, signs. He has his shortcomings right now, but you know what? Yeah, right. You know what he, he did? You might, you might not have seen. I know you lost reception, but he did it again. No, he I did. I messaged you right when he did. You're not a bad I don't know if he got – I don't know if that went out as a sack or just a lost I don't know, yardage because they didn't talk about it like a sack. And what we are alluding to is <laughs> Ray, especially, and myself, can't stand when Sam Darnold 
runs out of bounds, which he's done three times, one with Jamal Adams chasing him, and he gets a loss of yardage rather than throw it away out of bounds for an incompletion. It just makes no sense, and we can't figure it out. Let me quickly go through that fourth quarter. um, Rams got a touchdown on a a pass. It was over Marcus May, and you can't get on Marcus May that much because he made the play of the game, knocking down, uh, I guess it was a third down pass. Hewitt made a great stop uh, later on in that quarter. I just want to point that out. Also, uh, Zeninga got called for a penalty raid. That was the only time I heard his name. Frankie Louvu had a good play. There was a third and 15. He made a nice play on a five-yard reception, stopping him. They got uh, a field goal. And then, um, um, it been, yeah, they got a field goal. And then uh, we were three and out, and Braden Mann – Kicks a huge Save time. the day again. Yeah. <laughs> and Brady Man makes a tackle, you know, like did Buckus. And that's like his third or fourth tackle of the game. It was great. I don't think these announcers really see the Jets very often. No. So they sound shocked when he tackles oh, the guy. But we've been watching him. And he does it all the time. Yeah, he does. It's amazing. And he didn't punt – Really good last game, and he had a couple of – one bad punt this game, but he had a couple of really good punts. Ray, we got the ball with 3.51 to go on our own 37. I'll just go through the plays. We had a four-yard run. Gore had an eight-yard run. Gore had a four-yard run. Gore had a run for zero yards. And then I think it was right before the two-minute warning, it was third and six. Sam goes back to pass. And you see, I saw it on the replay, Frank Gore was in the middle, right around five and a half, six yards down, waving his hand. The last second, Sam saw him because the pocket was collapsing. And Gore leaned forward. He got the first down. And then it was three knees. And the game ends. And the Jets get the first victory, 23 to 20. There you go, Ray. Well, um, actually, Sam – or. Uh... Actually, uh, Frank Gore sat down for the first down. He was kind of going backwards. But um, I think the surprising thing to me was actually the Rams' last drive. I think they thought they could chance it because they thought they'd stop him and get the ball back, which they didn't. So I think they made a big mistake. They didn't go for a tying field goal, which would have been a long one. It would have been 54 yards. But that guy they said in the – they said in the – in the pre-games, he was hitting 57 yarders. So he had the leg. That's not to say he would have automatically made it because that's still a that's still a long way off. But on fourth and four, they chose to go for a deep pass. And I'm with how effective most teams are at just doing the short passing, get the first down plays with us, that they went for broke on that play. And if he'd have thrown a perfect pass, it probably would have worked. He underthrew him by a hair, and Marcus May uh, was able to make a play to break it up. But I just thought that was kind of an odd play call well, on their part. It, it, was, it. It, was, it was obvious, Ray, after that, watching that play, that McVay was studying that Raider game because he thought he could do the same thing. But uh, fortunately, we had Marcus <clears throat> May there. Yeah, Lamar Jackson. And just, uh, Ray, a point about Lamar Jackson, I don't think he's been on the field since that Raider game. 
No, I did see. Uh, I saw him. I don't know that he made any plays, but I, he was out there. I hope they I don't, don't much. Yeah, Javelin Gidry played, and he actually did not play bad. That guy is quick. He had six. He is fast. He had six tackles. Yeah, he came up at the beginning of the game, and he yeah. did okay. Um, as far as um, some uh, stats, uh, let me just go through quick. Sam was 22 for 31, 207 yard, one TD. Uh, he also he ran he he rushed pretty good. He he scrambled pretty good except for that one play went out of bounds. Gore rushed for 23 yards, uh, 23 carries, 59 yards, one touchdown. Ty Johnson had a great game. He rushed three times, 16 yards, but it was his um, catching out of backfield. He caught six passes for 39 yards. Uh, Crowder, again, he's he's our best receiver. I mean, I love Mims. Perryman's fast, but this guy is Mr. Consistent. He had oh, six he's catches. Our guy. He's, he's our guy who oh, he is Mr. Clutch. yards on a, on a tough short yeah. match. He's going to get it. Six, six receptions, 66 yards. Perryman had one for 21. Uh, Mims had three for 18. Uh, Barrios, I didn't even write it down. He had a couple. Um, as far as uh, defense, um, Bryce Hall, he had that beautiful interception. Yeah. Neville Hewitt had 10 tackles, seven uh, solo, uh, three assists. I mentioned Javelin Guidry. Queen of Williams totally went out. The guy was a beast. <clears throat> he only had like four tackles. He had one sack, a tackle for loss. Nathan Shepard, three tackles, one sack, two tackles for loss. It was a – listen, it was a – Enjoyable game to watch. Um, the one thing I made a note, I don't know if you saw it, they called a penalty on Wesco, personal foul, which was a, just, just the, one of the worst calls you ever saw. It was two guys going helmet to helmet, butting each other equally. Even the announcer said it should have been offset in penalties. So it was – You mean like after the play? Yeah, after the play. Yeah. Right. All right. Right. Here we are. They set up the college playoffs with a – Notre Dame, Ohio State, uh, Clemson, and Alabama. Uh, we're going to see uh, Trevor Lawrence at least once, maybe twice. And we're going to see Justin Fields once. Hopefully we'll see him twice. I think we're not going to see Zach Wilson anymore, the quarterback from North Dakota State. He's out. He only played one game. You mentioned offensive lineman, Ray. Uh, again, I, I said it on the last show. I think this franchise will be turned around if the Johnson brothers give it to Joe Douglas and let him choose the free agents, the draft, and the new coach. If they get involved and do something stupid like they always do, it's not going to work. Leave it for Joe, and I think he'll turn it around. Ray, your thoughts? Uh I I want to agree from the standpoint of I, I right now I believe in Joe. I want this to me is if there is any draft that he's going to make his mark, it's going to be this one. Whether it's a quarterback, whether it's a lineman, what he does in free agency, who he keeps around, do we trade the pick? Does he does he get rid of Sam? Um, I think. Now that we've won a game, I don't, I don't, I'm not sure Sam isn't still around next year. Um, I don't know that they're automatically going to get rid of him. It's going to be an interesting off season, um, but I think there's a lot of potential for making 
great strides improving this team, regardless of Lawrence. Just if we take care of the line and some of the other holes that are that are out there, either the draft or free agency, however we go about it. So I'm I'm really excited, anxious, worried, watching and waiting and seeing what happens, uh, what what Joe Douglas does in this off season. It it can be a it can be an off season that sets us up for years of success or you know more of the same for who knows how long. And Ray, um, I think Joe Douglas, if he's allowed to pick the coach, which I think he will be, I think one of the first tasks he's going to say is, all right, your first job is to go into a room. I want you to look at every pass, every play Sam Darnold has done as a New York Jet for three years, and then you're going to sit down with me. We're going to discuss what we're going to do. Either we're going to keep him for an extension, or we're going to try to get rid of him. Yeah. So, I mean, that's it. We'll discuss it on Thursday. So. All right, Ray. If they, don't have a, if they don't have a coach lined up before the draft, oh, they, that part could they're be. Gonna have, they, they're going to have it before the draft because free agent starts in March. You've right. got to have a coach before. They're going to have a – Ray, the uh, Super Bowl is like the first week of February. They're going to have a, a coach by the middle of February. I don't know if uh, – uh, They would, really need – they need to have that settled before they settle yeah. quarterback or anything else. Right. Now, I don't know what they're going to do with the COVID, with the um, uh, combine. That's at the in February. But they have to have a coach by then, too. And the combine, actually, they might go out of the way to make it safe and to have it because a lot is riding on that, on that because of the limited college season. Yeah. Ray, the clock is our enemy for uh, Ray Clifford and Marty Schupack and Jets Rewind. And make sure you go to our site. I got a new article up on uh, one of my favorite Jets, Brandon Moore. Until next time.